BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. All right, what's up everyone? It's Dr. Will Cole, and this is The Art of Being Well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam. I started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers in the world over a decade ago. And I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book, and The Inflammation Spectrum, and Ketotarian. If you wanna learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, all the things, There's lots of free healthy stuff there as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. All right, my friends, you know, about once a month, we devote an entire episode of the podcast to Ask Me Anything. So we go into a deep dive into your burning health questions in addition to the Ask Me Anythings. I, we're going to geek out on some latest science in the scientific literature as far as nutrition and wellness and health research, so you guys can geek out on that as well. So without further ado, I have my amazing team here, my functional medicine team. This is also a behind-the-scenes look at our functional medicine telehealth center. We have Holly on the mic, DJ Holly D. <laughs> Is back. That is actually my Instagram handle. And people Remix. have actually, <laughs> that's all that's actually asked me if I'm a DJ. <laughs> I'm like, no. Well, where did that come from? Jersey Shore. Yes. Can I confess? <laughs> I was like a junior in college, and I think Jersey yeah, Shore was really about in. And DJ Polly D. Who and wasn't so, a fan I have of no DJ Polly D? Oh, you don't? No. Oh, Dr. Cole, gosh. you did not watch Jersey Shore. I've never watched what? one episode. Vinny's all keto now. I yeah, mean, he's I right did, up I your alley. That. Yeah, and he, it was like Jim Tan lot Laundry. Jim Tan oh, Laundry. Yeah. I knew about that cultural <laughs> reference. We've never practiced It's still like Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so that's me. GTL, let's go. <laughs> okay, DJ Holly D. So DJ Holly D. Holly is the front of the clinic. She does, uh, handles and coordinates all the patient ins and outs. So she's given that perspective today. 
Yes. Yes, I am. And I think we've called me the front office wizard yes. previously. So. Yes. She's a little Guardian Merlin. wizard. Yeah. She's yeah. a Merlin hat and a long beard. You can check her out <laughs> online. All right. And we have the amazing patient team here, Megan representing. Yes. So I'm a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner at the clinic. I host consultations. I help with nutritional protocols, supplement suggestions, lab analysis, basically whatever needs to be done from a patient standpoint and patient support. Yep. And Emily on the patient team. Yes. And double up what Megan said. <laughs> We're basically twins. We're basically twins. Absolutely. And we have fun doing it. And we, we do. lovingly have nicknames for every department within the functional medicine center and the Part, part of the patient team, we call the Sanderson sisters, which if you've watched Hocus Pocus, the 90s Disney film, lovingly call it. Why do we call you that? Just because you guys are the bad um, cops. I think you we're should the, explain yeah, that. Yeah, yeah you can explain that. Wow, we're really letting people in here. Yes, yeah. There's fairies at a clinic. There's apparently Merlin. There's Wizards. the Sanderson sisters. Yes, yeah, very mythological here, it's, but... We, we spend like, too much time together. I think that's the... the so it's like a Dungeons and Dragons message. game. We're all yes. different like aspects. Yeah. And of, we're all nerds, apparently. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, that's a given. That is a given. Our nerddom goes beyond health, apparently. Really all right. <laughs> Let's get into the first burning health question, Megan. All right. So, Dr. Cole, can you talk more about the connection between various toxins and mental health issues? And as a follow-up, how would you approach this clinically? Well, this is something we, we talk a lot about in the podcast, and it, this wasn't necessarily intentional. I, I, we get questions. I guess we get asked this a lot. This is probably why. But it is, we talk a lot about biotoxins on the podcast, which that's part of this toxin conversation. So we talk about biotoxins from mold or mycotoxins or bacterial toxins, lipopolysaccharides with people that have intestinal permeability, leaky gut syndrome, or people that have viral toxins that are released. These are biotoxins. But we cannot ignore the environmental chemical toxin conversation because that's part of it as well. And there's a lot of research in the scientific literature looking at things like heavy metals, looking at things like BPA and other endocrine disruptors that are in plastics that are in many people's drinking water and the air that we breathe, breathe and the soil that people are growing foods in, that these disrupt not only our endocrine system, our hormonal system, and the brain's communication with the, with the endocrine system, the hypothalamic pituitary axis with the adrenal glands and the thyroid and ovarian axis and testicular axis, but it's also impacting the brain, right? I mean, it's it's actually impacting neurotransmitter signaling. It's it's impacting the DOPA pathways and the GABAergic pathways and the serotonergic pathways. These pathways that are basically influencing our mood, impa impacting our how we feel from an emotional, mental health side of things, this impacts our brain. So we have to look at this and we can quantify this on labs. I, I want to talk about a study real fast. It was published out of the Harvard Medical School, just to show you this, what's going on here. This study, it was also it was out of Harvard Medical School, but also published by the National Institute of Health on NIH. And it, they compared the IQ among children whose mothers had been exposed to these neurotoxins, these environmental toxins, while pregnant 
to those who had not been exposed to these environmental toxins. Shockingly, there was a total loss of 16.9 million IQ points due to exposure to these toxins. The most common pesticides that are used in agriculture mainly is what they were looking at. So this is really something that needs to be understood. The study also kind of were looking at this when because of the epidemic rise of autism spectrum disorders, ADHD, other autoimmune type problems, and brain health problems. Brain health problems are of epidemic. And I guess we didn't say this at the top of the show. This entire episode is going to be really devoted to Mental Health Awareness Month. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we should be really raising awareness around mental health 12 months a year. And that's really what in part this podcast is all about. But we're going to go an extra mile today on the podcast and really highlight the different science and actionable positive tips that we can implement into our life to start moving our brain health and our mood in a positive direction. So kicking it off with this question, I think we need to look at the role that toxins play, environmental toxins play in brain health. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, I think I love everything you said, Dr. Cole, and I think it just shows the importance of really diving deeper to find the underlying cause because you know, biotoxin issues like mold or other biotoxins can go undiscovered because they cause these almost like vague symptoms, Mm -hmm. but symptoms we think that we have to live with that are just part of us. But really there's so many other things going on in the body. And and that's where labs can play such an important issue of figuring out what is causing that. You know, when we look at and talk about mental health and emotional health, you remind patients all the time that this is physical health and true and total healing is looking at all of those aspects and making sure that we're looking at the physiological things that are going on within the body to figure out what that root cause is and address that root cause. Yeah, no, and I agree. And I think it's something that, you know, we have these incredible doctors and neuroscientists out there and they want to help people and treat them, but they are not trained or it's not their wheelhouse. I've heard many of them say to look at the root cause. And that's a discussion that needs to come up. And that's why a lot of states and a lot of counties are limiting or even banning the use of things like glyphosate, because there is so much research in the last five years alone of maternal exposure to glyphosate and then autism in children. And we, we just can't let these things go. Yes, we need to address it because it's happening already, but we need to talk about the root causes of the whys and the how. So, you know, the government can get on board and the FDA can get on board with preventing this altogether. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we were talking about this in a continuing uh, education uh, conference recently as a patient team that the average American is exposed to hundreds of times higher as far as chemicals are concerned compared to what the EU deems as safe. So in the United States, these things are largely unfettered and they're really not looking at it It, to the level of which many of us think, many within the the health and wellness community, as well as in the environmental community, these things are just not safe. And this is really sort of a massive experiment on what the human genome can tolerate it. And you look at the level of autoimmune conditions and brain health problems and infertility and the role that these toxins are playing in people's infertility. It is sobering to say the least. So two labs that we look at in a functional medicine to that we quantify for patients are 
there's a chemical immune reactivity. Basically, we're measuring the immune system's inflammatory response or antibody response, which are flags for an inflammatory response. And we're looking at things like BPA and different chemicals and plastics. We're looking at parabens. We're looking at different heavy metals. We're looking at other biotoxins, like aflatoxins, different mold toxins. So that's a blood test that we typically would coordinate with the local lab. And then the labs in Phoenix, Cyrex is one of the leading labs in immunology and understanding this larger larger autoimmune inflammatory spectrum issue that we're facing as a society. And then the second test, it's a urine test, it's the GPL tox test that can measure over 173 different environmental pollutants using 18 different metabolites, all from a single urine sample. That test is extremely helpful because we can also look through the bio, bio the mycotoxin test, yep. sorry, as well as the oats test as well yep. to look at gut health and other organic acids and measure glyphosate, yes, which you that mentioned is one too. Of them. That's what's <laughs> yeah. Roundup basically that's yeah. in a lot of food that people consume yep. and the soil Lawns that people food. are living around. Anyways, what a kind of sad way to kick off the show. But. Yeah, sorry. I really uh, brought down the party here. Debbie Downer making. I, I think that it, this is, it's a way to encourage you to make sure that, that you know that you have a say and in, in, in control and yeah. in, in how you're feeding yeah. your body and what you're yeah. putting in, in your yeah. body. And just to encourage you to look at those things. And yeah. granted, is it everything? Maybe not. No, we know that there's other factors that that can attribute to to mental health issues. But at the same time, like you said, the, a lot of this is unregulated in the U.S. Yeah. So we should be taking some of this into our own yeah. hands. We are told that we need to be our best advocates, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I do think it's encouraging in a way of like, all right, here's some information that I know I can have some control in. I can change you know, the foods that I eat, I can change the, and, and look at that information and find it on my own because there are ways to figure that out. Yeah. And that can, that we can look at that research. So yeah. I do think it's encouraging to know that I have a say and, and can fight for myself in that way. Yeah. Like clean up your water, clean up your foods, make sure your home is clean. Don't use those poisonous, toxic chemicals on the lawn that your children and your dogs play on. Like these are things we talk about and you can be your own health advocate. And I love that, Emily, because we all should be, and we should educating ourselves yeah. to, you know, we're never going to avoid all of the toxins, but if we can clean up our lives, we give ourselves a really good fighting chance. Yeah, exactly. And we all have different bio-individual thresholds in which we can handle these things. We're all exposed to, to toxins, like you both had said brilliantly. And we're not saying live in a bubble and be fearful. This is true. I really want to preface this entire podcast exactly with what Emily said, is just empower you and make the decisions that you can make, that what's, what's reasonable for you, what's within your budget. Small actions can make a huge effect. Yes. And we see that clinically all yes. the time. You do Love not have that. to be perfect. No. You just need to start making more positive decisions and yeah. start moving the needle in the positive yeah. direction. So as far as the water is concerned, something that I would recommend is getting your water tested mm -hmm. and then getting an appropriate water filter to filter out what's specifically yes. higher in your local water. So it has to do with your municipality, but it also do with, has to do with your own home and the own pipe and piping and, or well that you have, yeah. whether your city right. water or, or well water. The point is we have to look at both. And you can look your area, your municipality up on local directories where there's reporting on these sort of things, but there's not, there's not gonna be any reporting on your home. So you have to get both looked at. Yes. on a local level and a home level and then get the appropriate filter because not you know you don't want a filter that's not going to filter out what's high in your water so look accordingly and this isn't just a flint michigan thing this is around the united states and globally as well 
Have you ever felt tightness in your stomach when you're sitting in rush hour traffic or you get sick to your stomach before a big presentation? That's because your gut, not your brain, is responsible for your stress response. So to manage stress and feel calm and in control, you have to give your gut what it needs to truly thrive. Personally, I love Just Thrive Probiotic because it's recommended by some of the biggest names in the health industry, including me. It's a game changer for helping you sidestep gas, bloating, and constipation. And it's been shown to help flip the switch on stress so you can feel confident and in control. And for next level stress management, I pair the probiotic with Just Thrive's breakthrough new formula, Just Calm. Just Calm's proprietary ingredients have been clinically proven to do the most unimaginable. It's been shown to reduce perceived stress, improve sleep quality and energy levels, and even encourage better focus and flow. Just Thrive Probiotic and Just Calm make the perfect one-two punch to beat stress before it beats you. Be sure to listen to the episode. They've been on the podcast twice talking about the amazing cutting-edge science between these two probiotic blends. And right now you can get 15% off both when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use promo code WillCole at checkout. That's WillCole, all one word at checkout at justthrivehealth.com. That's J-U-S-T-T-H-R-I-V-E health.com. People age at different speeds and the date on your license may not represent your inner biological age at all. If you're looking for ways to extend your health span and slow down the aging process, the keys to health and longevity run in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to improve your metabolism, reduce your stress levels, improve your sleep, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan and personalized guidance on the right exercise, the right nutrition, and right supplementation for your body. Add Inner Age 2.0 to any plan for a definitive calculation of your true biological age. It's really fascinating to see how you're aging from the inside out. You have to check this out. For a limited time, get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash art of being well. That's insidetracker.com forward slash art of being well. And you can also use code Will Cole to get that 20% off. Insidetracker.com forward slash art of being well. Next question. All right. So specifically regarding mental health, as far as supplements go, where is a good place to start? And what should I be taking if I'm struggling with depression or anxiety? So food is first, right? We're all going to say that here. You cannot supplement your way out of a poor diet. You need to fundamentally work on food quality and nutrient density. Again, what with what's within your budget and what you have access to. Again, you don't have to be perfect to really make positive changes. So decreasing the inflammatory core four is kind of a no-brainer. No, I mean, hopefully people know that. So decreasing added sugar, decreasing conventional regular dairy that you're getting in the supermarket, decreasing gluten content 
containing grains and decreasing industrial seed oils, canola oil, vegetable oil, soybean oil, these type of seed oils. So that's a baseline. Like you should at very least be doing that. So let's focus on all the things we can bring in. We have to start with when you're talking about nutrient density and brain health, I mean, your brain is 60% fat, right? It's majority made of fat. We're all fat heads. Don't take it personally. It's all right. <laughs> but 25% of all your body's cholesterol is in your brain as well. So to look at healthy fats and a variety of different healthy fats, as well as cholesterol-rich, nutrient-dense, clean foods too, is paramount when it comes to neurological health. So think wild-caught fish. I mean, most people know. Those long-chain omega fats are really helpful from a neurological standpoint. Grass-fed beef is also a great source of omega fats and other types of uh, beneficial fats that are, you know, yeah. good saturated fats that are beneficial um, and should not be feared. But also avocados and olives and soaked nuts and seeds, if you tolerate them. A lot of nuts and seeds, I find just being omega-6 dominant, not necessarily the best idea. In the context of a diverse nutrient-dense diet, I think it can be fine, but I don't think you should just be eating nuts and seeds for yeah. your fat intake. Coconut, coconut cream, MCT oils, wonderful research when it comes to from a neurological standpoint. And lots of fruits and vegetables. And I don't think these things yeah. should be feared too. Obviously your second brain, your gut, if you have a distressed second brain, uh, which is what your gut is known as, you should be cooking a lot of vegetables um, and not lots of raw. But if you have a decent resilient gut, then some raw vegetables can be a wonderful source of fiber to feed that second brain as well. So that's food. Some supplements that have a lot of research around it. St. John's wort is comes to mind, I think, for most people. There was a 2016 systematic review that found that St. John's wort was more effective than, than placebo for, for treating mild to moderate depression and worked almost as well as antidepressant med medications, which we're going to talk a little bit later in, in the show. Ginseng is another wonderful natural medicine or supplement to consider, which is really food as well. Well, right, and people would have used this indigenously for thousands of years, but uh, it's been shown to really be helpful for supporting mood. Chamomile, get that in the form of a tea. There was a study in 2012 that reviewed data about chamomile that came that really showed it was very beneficial at managing depression and anxiety, sort of calming thing. Lavender is another great tool. It can be used as essential oil. You can get it in different teas as well. Uh, a study showed that. It also has a benefit to lower depression and anxiety. Saffron is another one. And then these sort of amino acid precursors to neurotransmitters like SAMe, 5-HTP can be wonderful as well. And then I can't ignore adaptogens, right? The science around adaptogens like ashwagandha and holy basil or Tulsi really are beneficial for supporting brain health. And then if I could mention one thing, I'm just throwing tons of <laughs> different plant medicines at people, but medicinal mushrooms. So lion's mane yeah. comes to mind yeah. supporting the brain health. So not to say you have to get all those things. Like you don't need a crap <laughs> yeah. ton of supplements for brain health, but it's about experimenting with these things, working with a doctor yeah. when appropriate to see where these things can be tools within your toolbox. Yeah. So what say you patient team and, and, and Holly? Oh uh, yeah. I was going <laughs> to say, um, magnesium's mine just because I know when I'm stressed, my body uses more magnesium and to handle stress, my body needs more magnesium. So it's kind of like that vicious cycle of I'm stressed. I'm using up magnesium. Okay. Now my heart rate's elevated. Mm -hmm. I have anxiety. Magnesium's going to help support that. 
And there's just a lot of research behind stress and magnesium, but also that it can reduce your fear response to certain things as well. So from an anxious person, I would say magnesium. What about you guys? I mean, I honestly just think it's fascinating when you realize the food that you're eating and the things that are going in your body can impact how you're feeling. Mm. Like, I think that's been something that's been huge for me, changing dietary, because I do also struggle with anxiety and battle that. Lavender has been a game changer for me, essential oils all day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing to learn how how you can feel better just by eating things differently. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. Food is medicine. You say that all the time, Dr. Cole. And we're always talking about these food medicines to focus on and organ meats is a huge one, which Megan, we know you love your organ meats, but (laughs) you you look at the, the, the vitamin B deficiencies and methylation pathways that aren't working properly. That's That's absolutely going to affect the way that your brain functions. Right. And so having things like organ meats that are so rich in things like zinc and vitamin D and B vitamins, choline, that's so helpful for the brain health. So I do think that really, really focusing on food as medicine is such a great start to empower Love you, it. to just empower the body, to to give it everything that it needs. Yeah. yeah. At drwillcole.com, not to self-plug here, but these are just things that I've seen work clinically so well. This is about the quality of ingredients and these are science-backed things and the quality of ingredients I know are, are really important here, which I think you, Holly, you brought up before we started recording on like, there's so much so many supplements out there, like what the heck should we even pick? So there are many great brands out there of which I talk about on social media, many different really innovative brands that are doing thoughtful things in our space. But two blends that come to mind that we have at the clinic are the Brain Adrenal Balancer, which has ashwagandha. It has different compounds to support just the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis specifically, the brain adrenal circadian rhythm axis, uh, as well as holy youth that I formulated for Agent Natura, but we have it at drwilkul.com that has holy basil or tulsi, which is known as the queen of adaptogens. It's been used in Ayurvedic medicine for thousands of years to help modulate the body's stress response and improving mood. So between the two, those are two adaptogenic blends that I'm a Big fan of, obviously. But yeah, yeah, this is just some, if people want some action steps or things to healthy, healthy stuff to lean into, those are some ideas. Okay, next question. How does trauma affect the body, both mental and physical health? And how can it impact the way we're able to heal if it's not addressed? So that's a great question. And something that Emily alluded to earlier in the show, a major aspect of our clinic is really empowering people with the fact that mental health is not separate from physical health. Mental health is physical health. Our brain is a part of our body just as much as our stomach or our spleen or whatever else you're talking about. So we have to stop this compartmentalization, this sort of relegation of relegating of of mental health is somehow separate to physical health. Definitely not the case. And we can quantify these things. Neuroinflammation and the impact of that hormones and neurotransmitters, how are they functioning in the body? Like Dr. Amen, who's been on the podcast before, he said to me once, he said, psychiatry is the only field of medicine that doesn't measure the organ in which it's treating, (laughs) which I thought is really a profound thing. It's like, Wait, so your t- cardiologists measure this, yeah. their, the heart, when it right. comes to what they're treating and what's the outcome look like. Gastroenterologists are measuring are measuring labs to see if what they're doing. But somehow psychiatry 
it's just so far behind that it's like, well, take this. We're not going to run any labs. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to base it on your symptoms and everybody gets the same medication. And it just, and it's just the reality is yeah. we, I'm getting on a tangent, but anyways, trauma, <laughs> let's go back to the question. Trauma. We know there's a lot of really compelling data in, in the research to show that trauma can play a major role in how our nervous system and how our immune system modulates itself. So, Many of our patients and many people within the United States are stuck in this sympathetic, fight or flight, stressed, inflamed state, and trauma is part of that. And what I, in the book, in intuitive fasting, I call it metaphysical meals. It's like we can be eating the cleanest foods, working out, but like, what are we serving our head and our heart? And if you're serving your body a big slice of stress in the current present mo moment, which there's sort of these micro traumas constantly living in that sympathetic response, or if there's big T trauma from our past that's keeping our body stuck in this sympathetic response state where the parasympathetic's just not able to really be fully activated and expressing itself. So we work with trauma specialists. We work with different types of therapists as functional medicine practitioners to really be integrative and in getting these people better because it's paramount. It's gonna raise inflammation. It's gonna keep the nervous system stuck into the uh, uh, sympathetic response. We see a lot of cases that have various degrees of dysautonomia Basically, their autonomic nervous system is in, or is in, in hyperdrive, and they they always feel like wired and tired and irritable and and having panic attacks and having things like POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Their heart's racing, or they're diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, autoimmune conditions. All of these problems have links in the scientific literature to trauma from our pasts. So we have patients fill out what's called an ACE score when we're before we have a consultation with them to kind of get a, a deep, a deep in-depth look at what does their story look like and what role does their childhood trauma play into the is it playing out in their body in the present? Right. I mean, it's really crazy to think, though it may be painful to have to go through and work through some trauma that you've experienced. It's actually these studies are showing that it's it's more damaging if you don't. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, I, we're all fans of talk therapy and there's absolutely amazing data around yeah. it and people should be in, seeing therapists. But there's so many different modalities than just traditional talk therapy. Yeah. And uh, sometimes that is can be counterproductive mm -hmm. because it's sort of reliving their past. So there's other somatic right. therapies or EMDR and Reiki and Tai Chi and energy work that really can be helpful too. But yeah. Emily, what do you think? No, I was just, I, that makes complete sense. And I think that's so important to bring up because trauma comes in so many different various forms. It looks different for everybody. It's, you know, the absence of good things in your life for the presence of bad things in your life. And it looks different on everyone. And we all experience it to, to some extent. And however, if your brain is getting stuck in, in that fight or flight or even freeze type of mode, I mean, we have to help almost retrain how that functions because it's the control center for your body. And there's so many different, when we're talking with patients, there's so many different mechanisms and tools that we can use. And that's why when we're giving these tools to patients, we don't just say, Hey, do this. We actually talk through multiple different ways that they can get started and have them kind of 
talk through us like which one they feel might be the best place yeah. to start. And sometimes it is trial and error a little bit. Sometimes you do got to try something to see if it is working best for you or not. Yeah. And that's always, oh, that's an okay to, yes. to figure that out. It's a good way to find like, oh, hey, talk therapy didn't work well for me. Maybe looking into something else. I think it's just so important to remember that that it looks different because it comes in in various different forms. And it it may serve you for a time. And I think that's yes. okay to say, all right, this served me for a season, but I'm stuck at a plateau now. And what's let's pivot. And it's okay to pivot. And it's okay to bring another tool within your toolbox. It's not like, well, this is all good and all bad. It's like, well. This context matters and does this serve me for a time? And then later on, we see so many patients that are like, yeah, that served me for a season of, season of my life, but now I need something else. But, and yeah. we're here to be that quarterback to integrate other things within their life. But we can't deny that it affects the body. We can't Absolutely. deny that yeah. it has an right. impact on how the body functions. And that's why we have to bring this up because it absolutely, that, that chronic stress response, yeah. that fight or flight response, that, that can show through physical signs and symptoms. And even when we're consulting patients, we have them take that, the ACE test and talk about the even childhood experiences and stressors to see if there's anything that was going on that could contribute to some yeah. of when these symptoms started. And a lot of times there are certain circumstances that are like, actually, I do remember this starting after this happened. Yeah. People are yeah. shocked at how they don't, they think, oh, my childhood is fine, but their ACE score is really shockingly high. Yeah. And here's the conversation that I think needs to be had. I come from a very old school Italian and old school Irish family where therapies and things like that were not talked about 50 to hundred years ago. Now my family is much more open to, it. I'm very blessed to have an understanding family. But here's the thing. My theory is 50 to 100 to 500 years ago, therapy may not have been something as needed because we were outside more. We were sleeping. We were not comparing to ourselves to others online and how we should be. So we have all these different variables that now make it even more important that we need to dig deeper into those therapies because we're not doing the other healing factors of healthy eating, sleeping, time outside, physical activity that our ancestors did. And maybe work through yeah. it. And they didn't need yeah. all these tools within yeah. the toolbox. Right. Exactly. Like nature was their toolbox. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We don't have that in our tool. Well, at least not yeah. all of us do. Yeah. Yeah. And we can rely sometimes almost on these things for too long as a crutch, but isn't the point of even this healing journey to make our bodies more resilient and stronger yes. so that way we can handle stressors. But yep. part of that is working through whatever trauma you've been through so that way your body can respond to stressors a little bit better yeah. and be, become more resilient. Yeah. Right. Well, I think that when you look at somatic therapy and like movement therapy, I think of our ancestors, like yeah. yes. they would have just called that life, yes. <laughs> but yes. we have to call it something. <laughs> but like moving your body yes. is so cathartic. Yes. yes, And we have like the science to back up now that somatic therapies can be very way, a great way to transmute that trauma Yes, and, and allow the body's Let's nervous system back. and inflammation yes. to calm the F down. <laughs> I'm here for that. Yes. Yeah. Have you checked out the recent Art of Being Well episode? that I had with Danielle and Kaylee from ClearStem. If you haven't, you have to check it out. We talk about how to fight acne breakouts and accelerated aging skin from the inside out and the outside in. I love what these girls are doing at ClearStem Skincare. ClearStem is an anti-aging, anti-acne, and non-toxic skincare line all at the same time. There is no pore clogging ingredients and no hormone disruptors in any of ClearStem's products. They're designed to clear acne 
and stimulate collagen. So every single formula is equally anti-aging and anti-acne at the same time. ClearStem's education helps you identify your unique acne triggers and getting to the root cause of your acne. Most of people report a massive transformation in their skin in less than two weeks. I have to say, personally, my son is 15 years old and he's struggling with some breakouts right now. And he's using the ClearStem line and he loves this line and he's seen such an improvement in his skin health. My son uses the Clear Stem Clear Skin Kit. It has everything you need, the perfect anti-acne regimen. All you have to do is go to clearstemskincare.com and use code WILLCOLE at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Again, that's clearstemskincare.com. Use promo code WILLCOLE for 20% off your first purchase. Look, electrolytes are essential for optimal health. I see so many patients struggling with fatigue and brain fog, or they're just feeling run down, or maybe struggling with anxiety, or the dreaded wired and tired feeling is how many people describe it. Well, electrolytes are a must piece of the puzzle to deal with all of these things. When you push your body too hard or just feel run down, it's extremely important to stay hydrated, but you have to be hydrated the right way. You just can't drink tons of water and expect to be hydrated. You have to make sure you're supporting your electrolyte balance. One stick of liquid IV hydration multiplier and 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. Liquid IV hydration comes in refreshing flavors like watermelon, lemon lime, strawberry, pina colada, and so many more. I love these because they're clean ingredients, super effective, and it just helps my patients that are struggling with these things like brain fog, fatigue, and feeling run down, or they're working out and not getting the most out of the workout. This is a game changer. One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. Grab liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code WILLCOLE at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code WILLCOLE at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code WILLCOLE. Let's dig into this study corner. I'm calling it Reading Rainbow. It's not catching on. <laughs> Is that copyrighted? It's, yeah, I don't think yeah. so. Those things run out. I think they run out. <laughs> At least we need, we need to ask them. By the way, guys. The wellness just, rainbow. The wellness rainbow, yeah. <laughs> I, the, I have, I didn't plan this, but I have my peace and quiet t-shirt on. This is perfect for perfect. a mental wow. health wow. episode. Yes. I wouldn't call our office peace and quiet. No, but. yeah. We're trying to bring it. But peace, like, yes. The quiet, Museum no. of Peace yeah. and Quiet, man. They're doing some cool things within the wellness space. They have a meditation app. They're not sponsors, but maybe they should be. But I love my peace and quiet uh, t-shirt here. But anyways, let's hopefully bring some peace and quiet in people's lives here. What's the first study? All right. Well, the first study that we're going to talk about in Wellness Rainbow is a study done very recently this month in 2022. And it's antidepressants are not associated with improved quality of life in the long run, this study finds. So if you want to dive into this, but they used a, some pretty cool methods to measure yeah. quality of life in those who took 
antidepressants and those who actually chose not to take antidepressants. Yep. So this was published out of PLOS, P-L-O-S, and they found that over time, like you mentioned, using antidepressants is not associated with significantly better quality of life compared to people with depression who do not take the drugs. This is a big deal. And these are findings that was, as I mentioned, published in PLOS One by someone called Omar al-Muhammad of King Saud University in Saudi Arabia with his colleagues. We need to understand this because there's other studies that that have been published over the past decade or so that showed that for a lot of people, they they fail. They fail a lot of people for long-term. They may have be a great for a season of your life and we're not anti-antidepressants, but if that's the only tool within your toolbox, well, they... Data speaks for itself that they fail a lot of people when it comes to sustainable improvement of mood. So can they be a tool for some people? Absolutely. We're not saying go off your antidepressant. We're just saying what's the research saying and what's your most effective option that's causing you the least amount of side effects. That's our criteria for things that we do in our life, whether it's a medication or a food or a supplement or some weird biohack. We add, we, we, That's our litmus test. And this study is saying, hey, look, it's actually not actually that effective compared to placebo for many people. What do you guys think? No, I absolutely agree. And I think you even said it earlier that tools like this have a time and a place in our life Mm -hmm. that may help keep our head above water and then can be very helpful. However, at the same time, I go back to figuring out that that underlying root cause and really just wanting to empower people to to fight for your life and to fight for optimal health and optimal function and know that you don't have to just live with this, right? You can truly look at these underlying issues and and use food as medicine and and supplement, you know, whether it's lifestyle changes, supplement changes, dietary changes, but use ways to really optimize your life in the long run. So that way, maybe you don't have to rely on this your entire life. Maybe this isn't just what it has to look like because your body was made to thrive, not just to survive. And we have to remind ourselves of that constantly. Healing has so many ups and downs and twists and turns. But when you remember the, the vision you have over your life, and if you haven't created a vision for your life, I would encourage you to do that. Because when you remind yourself of that, you're reminded to, to fight for that vision, to fight for that optimal functioning, right? And then again, these have a time and a place, but we're seeing the data, the data here that maybe it's not best for the long term. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That just to give a little bit more of a granular detail to this study, they found that there was no statistically significant association of antidepressants with either the physical or mental component of the, this sort of questionnaire that they were basing it on. In other words, the change of quality of life seen among those on antidepressants over two years was not significantly different from those that are not on antidepressants. So more studies like this need to come out. And then more importantly, look, let's just stop this either or sort of toxic tribalism where it's like, one side's like, oh, antidepressants are the devil. And the other side is like, oh no, this is the only path. And if you do anything else, you're a quack. It's like, you're actually, both sides are failing a lot of people. You're making the consumer and the patient that's already struggling feel very confused. Mm -hmm. And it should be both and not either or. And this reductive thinking is just hurting people. So, hey, that's what's up in my opinion. Agreed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great conversation to be had. Yeah. 
Okay. So our next study um, is titled Mental Health Issues Increase Significantly in Young Adults Over Last Decade. I love the study. It, it also says shift may be due in part to rise of digital media, study suggests. Now, this is from March 2019. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's talk about this. Sure. So it says the percentage of young Americans experiencing certain types of mental health disorders, think anxiety, depression, other mood disorders, has r- risen, of course, we all know this, significantly over the past decades with no corresponding increase in older adults. Right. According to research, again, that was published in the American Psychological Association. So this is pretty crazy. And let me give you some some data here. This says the rate of individuals reporting symptoms consistent with major depression in the last 12 months increased 52% in adolescents from 2005 to 2017, from 8.7% to 13.2%, and 63% in young adults aged 18 to 25 from 2009 to 2017, from 8.1% to 13.2%. There was also a 71% increase in young adults experiencing serious psychological distress in the previous 30 days from 2008 to 2017. So the rate of young adults with suicidal thoughts or other suicidal related outcomes increased 47% from 2008 to 2017. Pretty freaking crazy. And you cannot ignore the behemoth in the room of social media. Right. This is something that is pretty unregulated amongst families. And I see it with my kids. I mean, my son's going to be 16. My my daughter's going to be 13. They are not on social media, but they're the only kids around them that aren't on social media. And I'm not saying that I'm I'm some holy roller, like doing things better than other people. It's just, that was a personal decision that I made for my family to say, I'm going to hold off on this as much as I can, because I look at the data and I'm saying, there's really very little that good that can come from this when their brain's developing and they're sort of shoved in this world that is completely like immersive. And there was a study that was published, or this is a report out of the American Psychological Association. Again, pretty crazy statement that I think just summarizes everything that I'm trying to say here. The average young person's level of anxiety today is the same as a psychiatric patient in the 1980s. Just think about that for a moment. The 1980s, like I was born in the 1980s. We're talking about the average psychiatric patient had the same amount of anxiety as the average child today, the average teenager, the average young adult today, our genetics haven't changed since the 1980s. hate to break the people. There's something else going on here. And tech is part of it. The food is part of it. The environmental toxins are part of it. This, what is it? It's a mismatch between genetics and epigenetics. And our Mm -hmm. genome is like, what the freaking heck? (laughs) (laughs) Preach, Dr. Cole. (laughs) So what what do you guys think? I mean, it's funny you bring that up. So I bought a house maybe three years ago in like a nice little suburban area around here. And I looked at my husband, we're newlyweds. And I'm like, I don't see, we must not have like a lot of like kids in the neighborhood. Cause I never see them outside playing. And he's just like, yes. Cause if you look at the school bus stop, there's 15 to 20 kids, but you never see them playing outside. So I think a big part of this online, I'm going to kind of circle it back around. It's not just these kids are online. We know there's a, a lot of bullying and comparing themselves online on these social media aspects. But it's also if they're on social media for four hours a day, guess what they're not doing? 
They're not going outside in nature. They're not getting physical activity. They're not getting out in the sun and doing these things that we know our body has needed since since we've been humans. I mean, that's just normal things that we need growing up. And I know I played outside three to four hours a day from the ages of five till I went off to college. And I just think that's a big thing is the internet and social media is dragging these kids inside and not letting them go back to their roots outside. Yeah. what makes them happy and human. I just think this is such a discussion to be had because it's like, it's not going anywhere, you know, like social media. I mean, and, and there are great aspects of it. Like there, there's great parts of it, but I mean, I just think it's so important to find a healthy balance in, in using, in using any, whatever it is that you go to, whether YouTube, a lot of my friends lately are like on YouTube all the time. And I'm like, what is this? But seriously, just attached to phones or their computer. And it's just like, you're right. We're not made to live like that. No, a lot of us on our team. I mean, we always talk about doing social media detoxes Mm -hmm. or like just taking breaks because again, you know, there's one thing to, to stay connected with family or friends through photos or just, I mean, that is a great use of that technology. I love, you know, I have family that lives across the world at sometimes. And so I do think that it's nice to stay connected in that way, but you also see the highlight reel, right? We talk about all the right. time, Holly, that highlight reel of like those person's lives. You don't see the ins and outs. You don't see the, maybe the lower days all the time. And so I think that can be really hard on your mind and especially on young minds that are so influenced so easily mm-hmm. that we have to be mindful of that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree fully. And it's another thing that's keeping people's system stuck in that sympathetic response, which is impacting their brain health and their mood. And yeah, just, just to be clear here that both of you had said that I'm not anti, right. I mean, we promote this podcast yes. on social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, social media is a wonderful tool, mm-hmm. but it's just like anything that mm-hmm. big and that large and that immersive, like society, throughout, if you just compare it to society, like society can be used in good ways and society can do really negative things too. So all I'm saying is like, what can we do for young people to set them up for success and have a healthy relationship with this? Find a balance. Yeah, exactly. So like I mentioned my kids not being on social media, they are like, they do watch educational things on YouTube or things that they like, but it's sort of that, that bullying side of things. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily happening on YouTube. The YouTube comments can be quite ruthless, (laughs) but my kids aren't looking at that. But yeah, in general, I think it's just, not saying either or again, like you have to be Amish or like live online in right. the metaverse. Right. It's just like, what what's a healthy balanced way for us to bring into Teaching life? Teaching them healthy boundaries. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Don't let it and, take away from the other things that are serving your health mentally yeah. and physically. And be okay with unplugging. It's okay. Yes. Go yeah, back to exactly. it when you need it, but be okay with the yin and the yang. Right. There's so much pressure in our culture, I feel like right now, to be connected up to date all the time on all of the things. And that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I think finding what's what works for you, what's best for you, and not comparing what's best for someone else or what someone else is doing. Yeah. Turn your FOMO into JOMO. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Joy of missing out. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm saying. All right. So, yeah. We have... You know, I wanted you to talk about your, because you both have done a digital yeah. detox. So oh, yeah, I was going to bring that up. I mean, I feel, Emily and I both talk about this all the time, just feel really passionate about like taking social media breaks. And specifically, I use Instagram. hey <laughs> But I will every couple months just take a month fast. And it's really hard. But I think I did it in January or February. And 
by the end of the month, I was like literally no anxiety. Like, and it's funny because like the last week of the month, I couldn't, I was like, why am I not anxious at all? Like, why do I feel this way? And I was excited to get back on Instagram. But my friend was like, well, don't you think maybe that's a maybe that's why you're feeling so great lately. And truly, I mean, since then I have limited my, my social media time and, and it's, it's helped tremendously. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Mm -hmm. I just got off of two weeks of being unplugged and I ended up deciding to give my husband my screen time password. Like I set limits for myself just based on what I felt was healthy and what was, you know, a good balance for me because I want to stay connected. Like I said, I have family members that live across the world. So for me, I love to stay connected in that way, but I wanted it to be a healthier way. Right. So I set limits and then I had my husband set a password. So that way, hey, when it was done for my time for the day, I'm done. And I, I don't know, that. it's freeing in a way. Yeah, so, but I mean, it again, it's not for everybody. Do I think you have to do that? No, but just exploring the boundaries and the balance. Yeah. And you know what? I have to clarify my statement about the American Psychological Association. So I, I got the, the dates wrong. So they, the study found, the meta-analysis found that the typical school children in the 1980s reported had more anxiety than the psychiatric patients in the 1950s. Gotcha. So that's a clarification there. But you know what? I guarantee you. It's gotten if, worse. If they oh my look, do that study now. So that's uh, shocking yeah, to worse. 1980s and 1950s. And then you think about in another 15, 20 years when they look at kids today, young people today, what's going to well, be yeah. in the data? I mean, the, you know, computers and stuff like that were coming out because I remember being 1992, my dad working for Hewlett Packard and doing typing and stuff like that. But TVs. Think about that time between 1950 and 1980s. That's when TVs were going into yeah. every single home. Yeah. Right well, there. you're absolutely right. 1950s yeah. compared yeah. to- that's, yeah. that's what I think it's correlated yeah. to. Wow. Yeah. And that's them watching whatever the evening Walter Cronkite yes. in the evening news <laughs> and like, like the Lone yeah, Ranger throwback. for a half yes. an hour. Kids have a TV like strapped to their yes. head. Yes. <laughs> 24 In their hand at all times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my Lord. So I just want to clarify the study there. All right. The last bit of study that I want to talk about here is something that I am just fascinated about the, the science around it. It is the topic of intergenerational trauma, which like different words within the research, like transgenerational or intergenerational or generational trauma. It is the research over the past 10 years, really, more than ever, looking at really stressful times in people's lives. And we're looking at things like genocide and holocausts and very like war-torn areas throughout human history and how that's shifting Genetic expression, DNA methylation, which you mentioned as far as the implication that methylation have, and not just in their kids' lives, but in their grandkids' lives. So think about that, that, that our parents and our grandparents' trauma is living in our cells, and the research is really looking at how this is playing out with different inflammation issues, different autoimmune issues, different brain health issues, different diabetes and blood sugar regulation, cholesterol issues. So this is may make some people feel like, man, I'm screwed. Like, do you know my family? I am like <laughs> effed because like, <laughs> what, like, what can I do? But yeah. I think to to just to say, Healing our trauma yeah. is healing generations we'll never get to yes. see. Yes. 
So this is about, not about what we can't like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm like was born and, and screwed before I even made a decision. Well, not, you're not screwed, but yes, you were born into a world that has a lot of dysfunction in it. And we're paying for that on a societal level on a macro and a micro level. But as trauma can be passed on through generations, so can healing. How exciting is that? It's like yes. you have the opportunity to flip the switch for your family. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. You're going to heal your yes. children and yep. your children's children oh and your children's gosh. children's children. That's wow. a yeah. positive thing. So this is not about saying, oh my gosh, like, dang, I'm yeah. like, I can do nothing. No, no it's so you have a beautiful agency. So start mm-hmm. now. Yeah, let that empower you to be yes. your best advocate for yeah. your health. Let that empower you to, to take these tools that we've discussed and talked about today and go and implement them and, and figure out what works best for you and to do that because it's so, so important. Yeah, you're gonna, I mean, go do amazing things. And hopefully this podcast can be a beacon of light within the crazy FOMO-inducing content that you see on social media. Well, my friends, this is a good episode. Yeah. Thank you all for joining me. If you guys want to learn more about our clinical work, what we do at the Telehealth Center, the books, tons of free resources there for you, you can check it all out at drwillcole.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon.